And now I'm going to invite Helen to share her presentation with us. This will be followed by readings by, from Morris, and then Helen will come back and speak to us. So please take a seat. It is such a privilege to be back here in this wonderful church, just meeting familiar faces. So thank you, Ian, wherever Ian is, for the, uh, for the yeah, privilege and honour of being back here in this marvellous church. Today is World Leprosy Day globally. All around the world, people will be celebrating today World Leprosy Day, just raising the awareness of people affected by leprosy. Every two minutes, somebody is diagnosed with this hideous disease. There are 10 million people living with the consequences of having contracted leprosy. So it's great to be here in this fabulous church on this special day. But I just want to say also, last year, I think you possibly have heard through the grapevine, um, last year I was here speaking about Heal Nepal. Um, it was a match funding campaign. The government, even though at that time it was going through a very interesting stage, um, but they had said that they will match fund every penny we raised. Well, we raised, I think we said we thought we were going to raise about 800,000, but we actually raised just over 2 million. And so, yeah, <laughs> praise God. And that was matched to 4.1 million pounds for Nepal. Jersey, you raised, uh, I think, in 66,000, definitely in the first match funding period, and it went on through the year. So we just thank our God for the donations and the prayer support that came in last year. But what it has meant is that Nepal now has quite a lot of money. So we have stopped any funding into Nepal um, so we can open out to the other many countries and hospitals that are in great, great need. And thank you so much, Jersey, for um, agreeing to move from our beloved Nepal to Myanmar for this year. And our campaign this year is Hospital Heroes. We're just looking at the hospital heroes that work tirelessly in our hospitals around the world, but we're going to be particularly looking at Myanmar for today. Thank you. The next slide. So where is Myanmar? It used to be called Burma. Um, I knew very little of this country, if I'm honest. Um, it's bordered by five countries and it has a population of 55 million. Um, but this country's been affected by the longest civil war in history and the recent um, Rohingya crisis. It's been under co constant conflict. We can't, I can't even begin to imagine what that must be like living in that sort of environment. But this is what people in Myanmar have to suffer. Um, one in three people, one in three are living below the poverty line. Um, and approximately 2,300 new cases of leprosy are diagnosed every single year. So I'm just painting a picture of a country that is poor, it's had so many years of civil unrest, and there are many new cases of leprosy that we hear about. But I don't know if you remember, but when I've spoken in previous years, for every one person that we know that comes forward every two minutes, a new case diagnosed, we know that there are at least three people hiding somewhere because of the fear of the stigma and the discrimination. 
That's what we're dealing with. And with Hill Nepal, it was about us going out into the foothills of the Himalayas, going out to find the people. Well, we're doing the same in Myanmar. Next slide, please. So we're looking at the Moramine Hospital um, in Myanmar. Now, this hospital has been active since 1898. That's a long time. So this hospital has witnessed the, the civil unrest. It's witnessed a, a horrendous cyclone that hit that country um, and completely devastated. It was the cyclone Nargis. Um, but despite all that, the programme from the hospital has rapidly expanded. And the leprosy mission is now recognised in Myanmar as a leader in both leprosy and disability because we are inclusive of people who might have disabilities, nothing to do with leprosy, but we still want to love, treat, and transform their lives also. Um, so this hospital uh, helps thousands of people affected by leprosy to support reconstructive surgery, so they can have a prosthetic leg, mobility aids, and advice on self-care and prevention of more ulcers. So this is all happens from the Morlamine Hospital that we'll be looking at this year. Thank you. But it's the people affected by leprosy that stir our hearts. These people are left ostracized and abandoned. They have nothing because of the stigma still associated with this hideous ancient disease. My vision, my dream, my dream in my lifetime is we see no more stigma associated with leprosy. That if someone is showing signs by patches on their skin, you know, you put your arm around them and go, come on, let's go to the hospital and get you some antibiotics. We don't kick them out of the homes and the communities. That's my dream. And I'm not 21, so I've got to make this happen pretty quickly. So coming into churches like this with wonderful supporters, you are the missionaries making a difference. You are helping these people affected by leprosy. Um, and together, we are going to see a difference. But I want to look at the heroes, the absolute heroes, that help leprosy-affected people have their lives loved and transformed. Thank you. So we're looking at this, you're going to be seeing a short film in a minute. There's Dr. Roma, the lady in the red top, and Dr. Saw. He's actually called Dr. Saw, S-A-W. I mean, for us, we go, oh, no. But I'm sure over in Myanmar it has a totally different meaning, but that is his name. Now, these are heroes who, who could, they are absolute specialist doctors who could be working in major cities in Myanmar or actually somewhere around the world earning 10, 20 times more than they're earning at Wallamine Hospital. But they choose to serve Jesus by being in this place, funded by you, to help transform lives of people affected by leprosy. And the gospel readings that we felt God leading us to this year is the Good Samaritan. Now, I know it's such a familiar story, and I'm sure you have other charities talking to you and they use the Good Samaritan. But we have to think, who is our neighbour? Who is the person that Jesus is calling us to come alongside? So we'll be having the reading before I unpack the sermon uh, just after this PowerPoint. Thank you. 
And the case studies we're looking at are this man in the middle, young man, is Theo. And there's, you'll hear his story. Theo contracted leprosy when he was 19, and he was just terrified. He was thrown out of his communities. He kept running away from the hospitals. He was confused and just completely traumatized by his diagnosis and what he had to go through suffering the consequences of leprosy. Next slide, please. There's a picture here of, um, because he's lost the sensation in his hands and feet, he's got ulcers that have, are eating into the skin and the flesh. And then if we're not careful, if we don't make sure that it doesn't go into the bones, there has to be an amputation. And this is what Theo's gone through. But we're going to now um, have a short film because that explains it in more detail. God said, let there be light, and there was light you now can see. God said, let there be this Molomian Christian leprosy hospital. It's a place that God has reserved for himself. And he has kept it for himself, no matter what, that his name will be praised, and his name will be glorified. Full stop. You know the first chapter in Isaiah, and whom shall I send? I said, here am I, send me. Ah, that's right. He wants to use me. That's what I said, here am I, Lord. And now I've lived 70 years of my life on this earth, and now I realize that for the days remaining, I live my life for him. He made me a doctor because he wants to use me as a doctor. To glorify his name. It's not sunshine every day. We get disappointed. We need to ask God for strength. If they cry, I cry with them. If they laugh, I laugh with them. I have to remember what God said. I have come for the least of these. I was diagnosed with leprosy at this hospital. I was so afraid I ran away. Leprosy has badly damaged my fingers, my eye, and I'm being treated for a severe ulcer on my foot. I met my wife here while I was receiving treatment. It's been very hard because my wife's family cannot accept me as her husband. Because of my disabilities, we had to leave her village. I can only get the help I need from this hospital. Without it, I would lose my foot. Without the supportive medical team here, I would have died. I would be in big trouble without this hospital. I would likely lose my second leg. I would lose my job and I wouldn't be able to provide for my family. Without this hospital, we would lose our toes and fingers. We would be outcasts, homeless people. What we are really seeing is without you.
thank you so much for all your support. Please continue to support the work here so it can continue into the future. Thank you. <coughs> it's not easy playing these films, so I'm very grateful for you doing that. Uh, so next slide, please. A quote from Martin Luther King Jr. The first question which the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Samaritan reversed the question, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? The transforming work in our hospitals can't happen without you. We need to take action to ensure that we are doing what Jesus has called us to do. Thank you. Next slide, please. Um, but how do we do it? What, what can we do to help make a difference? Well, pre please pray. You all should have had a pack as you came in. And in there is, a, is a, a prayer leaflet, a quarterly prayer leaflet. This is the most powerful thing we can do is to pray each day for people affected by leprosy, just that they will be found, they will be healed and loved and transformed in the name of Jesus. Um, you can give what you can through the donation envelopes. These are the envelopes for this year. Um, and if you can give, well, actually, the gift aid doesn't happen over here in Jersey. But um, any details that you want to put on, that would be great. Um, and then there is also a flyer for regular giving. Just £3 a month, £6 a month helps us plan ahead we would know in nine months' time how much money we've got to send people out or what have you into the remote villages. So, and then you have the flyer for more information for when you get home. Thank you. Uh, but what does it cost? So this is just a snapshot. £24 finds and cures someone with leprosy. It's only £24 will help us to go out and find, cure, treat and transform one person. 185 uh, is, uh, trains a specialist nurse, 788 pays for a specialist doctor for a month, and 3,500 is a hospital bed. That's just a snapshot of the cost involved. Thank you. And if Dr. Roma was here, and I wish she was, I'm sure she's a formidable character, um, she would be saying thank you. Thank you to you because you are making the difference. God bless you. The first reading can be found on page 114 in the Pew Bibles, page 114, from Leviticus chapter 19, commencing at verse 9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of the field, or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. And you shall not lie to one another. And you shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your neighbor. You shall not steal. 
and you shall not keep yourself the wages of a laborer until morning. You shall not revile the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, and you will incur guilt on yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The second reading can be found on page 76 of the Pew Bibles, from Luke chapter 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan, which Helen referred to in her presentation. Just then a a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan... While travelling came near him, when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, and having poured oil and wine on them, then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will pay you whatever more you spend." Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for the privilege of being able to worship freely here in this beautiful church this morning. We pray, Lord God, open our hearts to hear what it is you want to say to each one of us. Anoint my lips, please, Father God, that may my words be your words. Holy Spirit, stir in our hearts this morning, drawing us closer to Jesus. And we pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.
It was on a cold day on December the 1st, 1955, when a simple act of defiance elevated a seamstress in Montgomery, Alabama into a pivotal heroic symbol in America's civil rights movement. Rosa Parks refused to move to the back of the bus. Little did the 42-year-old know that her act would help end segregation in the Deep South. She was on her way home from work that evening and took a seat in the front of the black section of the bus um, in Montgomery. The bus filled up and the bus driver demanded she moved so that a white man could have her seat. But Parks refused to give up her seat and the police arrested her. Four days later, Parks was convicted of disorderly conduct. The events that day triggered a 381-day boycott of the bus system by the blacks that was organised by a 26-year-old Baptist minister, the Reverend Martin, Martin Luther King Jr. The boycott led to a Supreme Court ruling that desegregated public transportation in Montgomery, but it wasn't until 1964 Civil Rights Act that all public accommodations nationwide were desegregated. Rosa Parks on that day became a hero, making such a difference to millions and millions of people. And we've all have our own heroes. We all know my mum is my hero. We all have heroes. One of the most well-known Bible examples of someone taking action for someone in desperate need can be found in the parable of the Good Samaritan that we've just heard. In the parable, a lawyer seeks to test Jesus by asking him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus turns the man's attention to what the Jewish law teaches. This was an easy answer for a lawyer. In fact, it would have been uh, the easiest question for a Jewish child to answer. Everyone knew the great commandment. Strict Jewish laws, strict Jews used to wear little leather boxes on their wrists containing this commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and strength. Some also added the second, love your neighbour as yourself. But some rabbis taught that neighbour meant other Jews only. The lawyer might be trying to suss out what kind of rabbi Jesus actually is. But what we know is that he's trying to justify himself when he asks, who is my neighbour? Rather than answering directly, Jesus tells them a parable. A traveller is on his way from Jericho to Jerusalem along a road that is notoriously dangerous, full of sudden twists and turns where thieves could easily hide. It was known locally actually as the Red Way because it had such a reputation for so much dark violence. The man was not only stripped and beaten and robbed, but he was left half dead on this dusty road. Three men encountered the traveller, but noticed there were only two responses. Two men did nothing to help the man, but one takes action. 
So we're going to look at three headings, passing by, taking action, and doing likewise. Firstly, passing by. Verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man as he passed on the other side. Why does the priest do nothing to help? He might have simply been afraid that the robbers were still nearby, fair enough. But as a priest, he would have been on the way to the temple in Jerusalem to lead worship. If he suspected that the traveller was dead, to touch him would have made the priest unclean for seven days. So he would have lost his turn to, lo- to, to lead the worship in the temple. It would have become really a, a wasted journey. The Old Testament law says a priest must not make himself ceremonially unclean for any of his people who die except a close relative. But the law also says, love your neighbour as yourself. They're both scriptures from Leviticus. By doing nothing to help the traveller, the priest showed that his desire to lead worship in the temple at the front was far more important than seeing to the man's needs. He wasn't willing to become unclean, to lay down his pride. His own status came first. The Levite's response was the same Um, in verse 32. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. Levites weren't priests, but they assisted the priests. So in other words, they were another religious person um, who puts his own pride first and passes by on the other side. And whenever I read this passage, it does bring home to me other ways that I'm tempted to put my own sort of status or pride or agenda before someone else's need. We have busy lifestyles. I, I hope I don't, but I'm very mindful. Secondly, taking action. At this point, Jesus' listeners were probably expecting a parable to finish with a sort of anti-clerical twist, with the hero of the story being an ordinary lay Jewish person who shows up the religious ones. But there's a bigger twist. Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he travelled came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. The last person who Jesus' listeners would have expected to help this one is the one who takes action, is a Samaritan. The Samaritan, whose very mention would have riled the disciples. They were at conflict with each other. The man who should be the traveller's enemy is the only one who took pity. The only other time Luke uses this word to describe the love of Jesus himself is when the widow carries out her dead son to Jesus. In Greek, the word for pity, like the word splanchdizomai, shows that the Samaritan had a deep love for this half-dead man, as if he reaches to the inner core of his being. It's almost like a gut-wrenching emotion that this Samaritan felt 
for the man who had been beaten and left half for dead. The intense love causes him to act. He could not walk by or pass by on the other side. The Samaritan puts the man on his donkey. There would have only been room for one person on the donkey, so the Samaritan had to walk the rest of the way. He pays the innkeeper money, which may well have been enough for two months' board. But not only that, he, he says, look, I will pay you whatever you need in cost to restore this man back to full health. I mean, that is a big sacrifice for a friend, let alone an enemy. But there's no doubt who the neighbour is in this parable. The lawyer is forced to accept that the true neighbour is, you know, the one who had mercy. The priest and the Levite must have felt pity, must have felt a bit sorry for the half-dead traveller, but they did nothing. The man who took action in compassion is the true neighbour. The Samaritan provides us with a beautiful picture of showing mercy to an enemy and That is what Jesus himself did for us. We needed him to take action on our behalf. And Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, willingly laying down his life while we were enemies of God to make us God's friends. We can't keep God's laws perfectly, but Jesus obeyed it all on our behalf. The wounds of our sins were deep. But at the cross, he healed them all through his own wounds. We owed a debt much more than what the Samaritan paid the innkeeper. Because we have not loved God with our whole heart or loved our neighbours as ourselves. But Jesus paid our debts once and for all when he died in our place. So that we can spend eternal life with him. The lawyer asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? But he misunderstood the beauty of the gospel. It's not about anything we can do. It's about what Jesus has done for us. All we can do is trust in this incredible, overwhelming, gut-wrenching love And if we don't know that love of Jesus, all we've got to do is ask and invite him and say, show us Jesus. Thirdly, doing likewise, the challenge that Jesus gave to the lawyer and gives to us is go and do likewise. As we heard in the quote from Martin Luther King, the question is, which the priest and the Levite asked, well, if I stop to help this man, what's going to happen to me? But the Samaritan reversed the question. If I don't stop to help this man, what is going to happen to him? The lawyer had been asking the wrong question. Not who is my neighbour, but rather how can I be a neighbour to others? It's not enough for us to feel sorry for those who are poor in need and when we see pictures of people affected by leprosy that we oh we see feel so sad jesus teaches us that our help must be practical 
are, are any person of any nation or religion who is in need is our neighbour. But as part of God's team, and we are all called to be part of the family of God, our help must be active, must be as active and as wide as the love of God. When we take action for those who feel like the least of this world, we're doing it for Jesus. And when we look at the hospital staff at Mine Hospital, the Dr. Roma or, or Dr. Saw, especially Dr. Saw is an incredibly incredible doctor, well both of them, and they've been inspired by Jesus to do what they do. Every two minutes someone is diagnosed with leprosy somewhere around the world. They've been given the terrifying news, you have leprosy, and on hearing this diagnosis, immediately their world is thrown into a darkness as they experience the isolation, the abandonment, the loneliness, and the despair because they have been told they've got leprosy. But Dr. Saw, Dr. Roma, following God's call means becoming like Jesus for people affected by leprosy. He ex Dr. Saw explains to us that because in Jesus God came to live as a person among us, Dr. Saw believes he must look beyond his own pride as a doctor, to intentionally be beside his leprosy patients. This means not only that he laughs and he cries with them, but he uses the same toilets, he eats the same food, and stays up late at night into the wards so he's available to them. He wants to know what it's like to be a patient in order to provide the best care the people who say they are like him, sinners yet made in the image of God. He is passionate about creating an oasis of love and acceptance for the 3,000 leprosy patients that come to Maulamine Hospital each year because he is a follower of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want to be like Dr. Saw. And I pray that God will just bless each one of us as he enables us to be a blessing to all those we meet in our families, in our local communities, as we think of praying for people affected by leprosy. And as we go out from here doing likewise. Let us pray. Father, thank you that when we were living as though we were your enemies, you came to us in the person of Jesus and made a way for us to become your children. Thank you for that, that overwhelming, gut-wrenching love that Jesus showed us. Help us as your children to love not only in our hearts, but also in action. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.